I remember just getting like really panicky, like, no, I have to figure this out right now because my my son's going to come home from school in like two hours and I have to know what to say. When Holly's son was considering suicide, she called a Focus on the Family counselor. All those years I'd been listening to Focus, I was thinking about how they were like that practical guide for me. That was sound advice I could get from them. I didn't really know where else to turn. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue hurting parents like Holly and give families hope. We need the truth that Focus on the Family brings into our minds and into our homes. We need that if we're going to raise up the next generation of believers to walk in obedience and to walk in the truth that God loves us. Donate today at FocusOnTheFamily.com hope and your gift will be doubled. We all know a child who doesn't have a dad in the home, and that's a tough spot to be in. But it can be an opportunity for someone to step in and kind of be that father figure. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting department. And Danny, you've worked with a lot of different uh, kids, a lot of teens in particular. Uh, How have you seen someone be a father figure to a child who didn't have a dad in the picture? I've seen that quite frequently, actually, throughout the years. And I, I think of just two quick stories, and one of them was this blended family where a dad had come into that uh, place with this this young woman. Uh, She had three kids. And uh, he did a a complete ceremony with them and adopted them Mm. and made it a big deal that he wanted to be their father. Their father had abandoned them Mm. from birth and so had never met their dad ever. And they said, yeah, I don't have a dad. And he wanted so much to be their dad and stepped in in a beautiful way, uh, wanting to be uh, their spiritual guide and sacrifice for them. He made that very clear. And then there's another one where grandfather stepped into that role in a beautiful way. He, he would play sports with this young man. He played mm-hmm. basketball and football with him, just spent a ton of time. That young boy actually ended up doing fantastic in high school sports and he uh, remembered, reminisced about those moments with his grandfather just mm-hmm. playing outside and, and his, his grandpa taking that time to be with him. That's neat. And uh, let's go ahead and hear from another grandfather. His name is Kerry Casey. He is super passionate about the impact you can have as a grandfather, and he spoke with Jim Daly about this. Carrie, in your book, Championship Grandfathering, you had an excerpt of a little boy named Jordan. He's nine. And this, to me, really begins to sum up our time together here. Let me read it, and Mm -hmm. you can respond to it. Please. Jordan wrote, Four months before I was born, my real father left my mommy. He took care of her until I was born. When I came home from the hospital, there was a cradle that Grandpa made just for me. Someday, my kids will sleep in the same cradle. He rocked me to sleep, and he was my first babysitter. Now I'm nine years old, and Grandpa is my best buddy. When I was four, my Grandpa spent a whole summer building me a playhouse with a big sandbox underneath it. Mm. Now he spends all his extra time building new rooms on our house so that Mommy and I will have our own apartment. After he spent all day moving our big lawn, he is really tired, but he will still hook my wagon up to the lawnmower and drive me all over the place. My grandpa isn't my father, but I wouldn't trade him for all the dads in the world. Mm. How does that say it? That, 
That's the power of a grandfather. That's the power of a grandfather. And even in our culture, when we talk about the father deficit and dads that are not stepping up to the plate, some of them didn't have someone to help to model for them. We talk about in championship fathering, loving, coaching, modeling. That's what a dad does. We found that through our research. But a lot of children today are being raised by their grandparents in this great country. Mm. And I'm so very thankful that that grandfather stepped up, and every child needs a father, grandfather, father figure. And so there's that grandfather that stood in the gap for that young man. And let me point out, there are a lot of grandmothers uh, hauling the load on that. And I want to tip my hat to those grandmas. You're on it. They're doing such a great job out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Carrie, uh, a little bit ago you mentioned your prayers, your morning prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, are your grandkids on your prayer list? And if so, what kind of things do you pray for them? Because it, wow. it occurs to me that a championship grandfather who is a man of faith is going to, one of the greatest things he can do is pray for those grandkids. Mm-hmm. It's just like um, even uh, today. We have what you call 31 virtues to pray for your kids. And so we use that. And when I pray for my children and grandchildren is to have a servant's heart, that they would serve each other Mm -hmm. and serve those at their school and all of this and where they are employed. But I was convicted about 10, 12 years ago in my war room, as we say. It's a Carolina room, but the Lord said, You need to pray in this room. Mm -hmm. He led me to do something that is so therapeutic for me, and that is to write down all of their names every morning because God can do more than I ever could if I had all of them around me every day. Mm -hmm. But the things that are coming against us today, we have to realize it's going to take strong spiritual force in the way of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I have found as I write down their names, I can be very intentional and picture them as I pray for them. And we will have a greater opportunity. And I just love that prayer card to pray for them to have courage today. Pray on the 13th for their purity. Lord, my grandchildren, they don't even know how, well, they're smart. They know how to spell sex, but that they would remain pure and wait for their spouse when they're married. But to pray intentionally in that way. And God is honoring that in a wonderful way. But I do know I'm being attacked in ways that I never could imagine. So I have to be in prayer for my dad, for the heritage I received, and for the legacy that I will leave. And I think it'd be great to post those, John, online for folks to go to. We'll look at those virtues. We may come up with a few of our own, but we'll create something there that people could pray over their grandkids and their kids. I'm Mm -hmm. still thinking in the dad mode Mm -hmm. here. And it will help the grandparents to relax. The teams that will win the Super Bowl will be the ones that keep their poise, don't lose their minds, even when it's tough. And so what I'm finding is to rest, relax, and that's what my grandchildren need to see. And many times when they stay at the house, spend the night, they'll come in, get up early. Their grandparents' house, they just get up early and want to get grandma's muffins. But anyway, and they love it. It's muffin time. And they just it. run down to the kitchen. She yeah. loves doing it. You know, that. you just hit 
everybody in the gut in Atlanta with that analogy. I'm sorry <laughs> oh, to say. Oh, oh, wow. We better that Patriots-Atlanta game. Well, we're going all the way back to that. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, well, man. We hope to get a Super Bowl in Kansas City. I so appreciate how Kerry prays for his grandkids. And Danny, you shared before on this podcast about some of the ways that you pray for your children. Um, how have you seen God work in and through those kinds of prayers? Well, what an invitation to be able to pray for our kids. I want them to know their worth, their value, that they're good enough. And many times through prayer, I'm able to acknowledge the power of Christ in them. And I, it really solidifies my trust in Christ. Am I really, when I'm praying, am I expecting God to work in my kids the way that he is supposed to or the way I want him to? Do I truly trust that? It causes me to really think through what is it that I truly want for my kids? I want everything just perfect and beautiful. Do I want growth and steadfastness and a strength in there where they're immovable, they're, they're resilient in their family, and their marriage, in their identity as a child of Christ? It helps me be more loving to my kids because it puts my mind towards my kids and what they need, and it helps me listen carefully to what's going on inside of them. That's how I've seen prayer transform our home Mm -hmm. from my point of view. Have you had prayers for, let's say, safety on a trip that God said, no, I'm going (laughs) to let something happen or something like that? We've talked about this in our home. When we talk about safety, is that really where we need to pray? And we desire that. We want to be safe. Yet I love what Paul has talked about. If I die, I get to be in heaven. If I'm here... What a gain that is to live as Christ. And so is it really best to pray for safety or for strength and wisdom for whatever comes? And Lord, prepare me for that along the way. And we've had some rich discussion as a family. And yes, John, I pray for safety because that's just I'm a human being. (laughs) I want the very best for my kids. I don't want anything to happen. Yet I want them to be strong in Christ. Well, trust our children and our grandchildren with the Lord, and he will not disappoint. And uh, earlier, Jim Daly read that powerful story from the boy named Jordan. You're going to find that story in Carrie Casey's book called Championship Grandfathering, which we have here at the ministry. We'd invite you to make a monthly pledge of any amount to sustain the ministry or a one-time gift, if you're so inclined. Either way, make a generous donation to Focus on the Family, and we'll send the book Championship Grandfathering to you. We've got all the details in the show notes. And uh, while you're in the notes, be sure to look for an article that we've linked to called Grandparents as Role Models, which is a really good follow-up to a lot of the things that you heard today from Carrie Casey. Next time, Carrie will join us to share some good virtues to instill in the heart of your kids. And for now, on behalf of Danny and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. A mysterious phone call and a new nemesis? Emily Jones and Matthew Parker are on the case. I just need to find out who this person is. Oh, sounds like a real mystery. It all starts with a phone caller threatening to blackmail Jones and Parker's friend Jeremy. But this new nemesis won't stop there. Can Emily and Matthew figure out who this blackmailer is before it's too late? Solve the mystery with them by reading Jones and Parker Case Files, The Nemesis. It's the second book in the series with 16 new stories full of fun, faith, and intrigue. It's a great way for kids ages 8 to 12 to sharpen their detective skills while learning important values. Inspect clues, examine the evidence, and try to guess who done it. 
This is going to be harder than I thought, Mr. Whitaker. Uh-huh. Oh, stop saying that, Priscilla. Relax. We're going to have a blast. For more, go to adventuresinodyssey.com slash jonesandparker. That's adventuresinodyssey.com slash jonesandparker.